Hey there, everyone, and thank you all for joining us this evening. This is your pal, Invader, and welcome to the Xbox Roundtable podcast. This is this is episode number 174, your favorite place on Sunday nights to just kick back with a crisp cold one and listen to Xbox talk and more from around the game industry. Tonight, we are going to have a real fun time. Tonight, the show is welcoming back a really cool dude from Xbox, the Senior Director for Xbox Hardware Engineering, David Preen. David, how have you been, bud? Good, good. It's been a good couple months since we launched. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, I mean, you know, it's uh, consoles, the Series X and S have been out for a couple of... uh, couple of months now um so far I mean, yeah they've been out in the wild uh so far like what, what has your reaction been to them <laughs> you know i mean obviously as someone that that works there and has had the hardware for much longer and all that like it's amazing to see you know <laughs> one of the reasons i like working in hardware i mean i've, I've worked in other to other types of the organization. I've even worked in supply chain. I've worked in all these other, but there's nothing better than actually launching your product and then seeing it go out in the wild. I mean, there's always negative press, but the you know great press has long since outweighed it. And uh, but this one was really special. Like I really enjoy parts of it because I know there were so many hidden things. I know like a lot of the stuff was you know everyone knows a lot of the specs before we come out, but I think there was a lot of Easter eggy type things going on. And to this day, I still get a lot of DMs and mails of people that are happy with things that they didn't think they'd be quite so happy with. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but some of the features and some of the hardware things we did, um, I still think blows people away. And so I, I honestly could not be happier. I mean, I, I think we're having a great time with this console and just in general, I mean, just the whole new gen nine with everybody else and Sony for that matter. Um, you know, it's, it's just an awesome time to be in gaming. Oh, indeed. Yeah. And the, uh, the backlog continues. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll just hold on there, David. We will get to the TXR panel crew now. And uh, Tim Dog, hey, buddy, what's new and exciting? Uh, just Xbox in general. Very happy. Uh, big news week. Uh, also happy to have uh, Dave, uh, good guy, uh, known for a long time. And, um, you know, it's going to be cool to hear some insight from him um, and, uh, you know, uh, his work on the Xbox Series X and S. Uh, you know, he nailed it and his team nailed it and uh, just happy to have him here. Let's get ready to just get into it. Yeah, you said it right there, Tim. Uh, moving on here. Shockley, buddy, you crazy fella. How are you doing? Pretty good. Uh, other than my, uh, well, you already saw in the chat, my uh, <laughs> Xbox uh, might need to have some little work done on it. I was getting ready to play some Evil Within that dropped in the uh, Game Pass update, but... I got my PC ready for that, so I can just dip, dabble in that. But uh, been playing some MK9, some old. Uh, that one's not backwards compatible, but if uh, if David could put in a good word for that, that would be great. It it is on PS now, so I don't know. Maybe uh, Nether Realms can authorize that, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, for sure, buddy. Uh, next up, Centurion. Hey, you ready to rock and roll tonight? Yes, sir. What is up, guys? Hello to the chat, and thank you to the ever-charismatic and very friendly David Preen. Thank you for joining us. Tonight's show is going to be an absolute blast. Let's get into it. 
Oh, I totally agree with you. And oh, all right, we got uh, some people filing in here. Dinero Primero. Hey there, Diego. Uh, Reign of the Third Eye. Deck. Jesse Darby. Back from the Dead. Spida. Pong Soul. Eric. Six Slayer. And more. Lots of cool people here. Pike on Fusion. Other Zinc. Toolman. I don't forget about you guys. Thank you for rocking out with us. Uh, before we begin uh, tonight, a subtle reminder that the show is available on a variety of audio platforms. You can find us on places like Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many many others. Give them a look if you enjoy listening to uh, your podcast on the go, fellas. All right. Uh, now, uh, David, last time we chatted back in November of 2019, and then and now a lot Jeez. has happened. Um. Obviously, as we talked about before, we saw the release of the Series X and S consoles. And now we have something coming out really soon. Actually, in the next few days, uh, the Xbox wireless headset. And since this was announced a few days ago, a lot of Xbox fans have been, well, very curious about it. Including myself, actually, I have it pre-ordered because it just it seems like like it meets all the needs for me. But uh, David, I'm curious, what was your role in the development of this headset exactly? Uh, actually, so I do all the the uh, consoles and the controllers. The headset, we do have an audio team uh, of a dev team. So my dev team didn't actually design it. They use the same ID team that we use, um, and then. The, so my group, I have two parts of my team. I have the program managers and the team that, that run all the projects, but I also have the entire test and validation team. So that dev team does use my validation team. We all share the same ID team. It's just literally different engineers. Uh, so we had a piece in it, but I will admit like that team did, they rocked out of the park. Eric and his team, James Hunter and his team, like they did an amazing job with that. Um, so we had a lot of the early early help with them of what it should be. We helped them a lot across the line. I should say a lot. We helped them some critical stuff at the end uh, just to get it across the line um, with the test and validation team, you know, working on last minute bugs and that kind of stuff. But but it, it is a separate engineering team that actually works on it within the Xbox. Uh, they, they sit right with us, uh, but they're, they're now dedicated to audio. Um, not surprisingly, we haven't had audio in a while other than the inbox, um, mono piece one so it was a new team to bring it in an audio just just for this um and so we're i mean i don't know about i know everyone's just getting their hands on it now but it, if you ask me it's one of the most amazing things we actually did this year as much as as much as x and s are um to get all that out plus the new controllers plus the storage modules plus our dev kit um people wow. always <laughs> people always forget there's actually a fourth console which is the one that goes in the cloud that we use for x cloud so the team actually did four consoles, two controllers, storage module, and a headset. So the headset to me was amazing because it was last minute. We we don't have a team for that, uh, or we didn't. Uh, so it was great for them to ramp up that quickly um, and get a product that they did across the line at such a great price. I mean, I no one's going to be able to argue that price, the quality for the price of this thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, a uh, question from Six uh, Slayer in the chat here. Can you ask if the Surface headphone team had any influence with the new Xbox wireless headset? Did they have any input at all? Or Yes, they have some. Um, we use a lot of the same parts, a lot of the same vendors. Um, so, of course, they had a little bit. 
when it comes to codecs and things that the hardware is capable of, you know, because these headsets are going to be good for obviously Windows as well as they are for uh, the console. So, of course, we want some interaction with them. Um, some of the original design intent, if you look at the way the ear cups are shaped, you can see a little bit of the surface in them. Uh, and again, it's because our, our ID team does work a lot with the audio team on uh, surface. So there was some commonalities and similarities. Um, we were trying to be unique, of course, with the Xbox headset. Um, but of course, you know, like there's similarities, but we wanted to be different. Like there is a difference between a... Um, what I'd call more of a prosumer enterprise type headset versus a gaming headset for sure. Not just um, the feature set or the fit, fit and feel, but I mean, even, even the, just the way it looks. I mean, like putting putting the, the you know cool little green accents, the very Xboxy type things, um, you know, that's well thought out. Um, having a boom, no boom, those kinds of questions come up a lot when, it, when you kind of compare a, a Surface headset to an Xbox headset. But yeah, I mean, we definitely worked a little bit together, but I certainly wouldn't say they were 100% collaborative. Like, we, we just want to make sure we never diverge. All right. All right, very interesting. Um, now, you talked about, I, I believe, price, or at least hinted at it in uh, your comments earlier. Now, as someone like mm -hmm. myself, I, I just happen to be in the market for a new headset. And I was just kind of, I don't know, just giving myself time to look around, see, because again, with the new consoles being out, I just, I wanted to give myself some time to see what was on the market. And these just happened to be there. Um, now the pricing, obviously it's different. I'm in Canada, so it's about, about 140, 150, something like that. Um, was it always meant to be at this price point to be like a little more premium, but not like super duper expensive, like some other higher end lines? Yeah. I mean, it, it, we, we, it wasn't an afterthought. We wanted a target audience was if anyone remembers the original stereo headset that uh, we made with Xbox one um, was a major seller. And, and, and price was a big part of that because especially now that you get more mobile gaming, um, off-couch gaming type stuff, other situations like your PC, your phone, your computer. Um, we, we didn't want to target, and usually when you make the $350 type headsets, you're targeting something, whether it be someone that wants a special kind of like streaming type gaming or somebody that wants high-end acoustics or like as an audiophile. Um, but what we actually, what we're going for this one was pretty much a gamer. I mean, specifically a gamer, and the price point for that was perfect that um, you know, with our competition again, like I thought we fit nicely with our feature set over our price point, but we definitely did what we wanted to do, which was we got all the features we thought were important. And we also got a lot of extras and that's that, that I think is gonna be one of the big differences with the, the extras we got in at that price point will, will be the difference maker. Um, there's certain things I wish we could have done if it was a super high end device. Mm -hmm. I mean, as a guy that worked on Elite, there's always things I'd like to put in if I could, but not everybody. I, I don't think we should start with a $300 headset. I think we honestly, um, especially when we're really, really pushing the theory. I mean, when you look at things like Series S, when we're really pushing the boundaries of including everyone, the last thing I wanted to do is have our first headset be a $300 headset. Yeah, um, one of the things that I remember um, from <clears throat> even like three years ago, when we when the first elite and you were heading that, this was always the talk. Like, was there going to be an elite headset uh, mm -hmm. and all that stuff? So I thought it was funny when it came out. Um, but from what I've heard from people who've had it, the hundred dollar uh, price point, uh, you feel 
like you're getting a premium product for the hundred dollars. So, uh, I mean, have you tried it out? And, and would you agree with that statement? Ah, <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, I have a, no. I, I always I, I um I just don't use all these on calls because sometimes uh, they get uh, like I love them. Um, so actually, I use them every day. And so this computer that I'm on right now, that, that's when I'm at work. Work. <laughs> so this is where I work now, ninety percent of the time. Um, this computer that I'm on with my camera is actually the one I just use for my Teams calls. I actually work over here on these monitors. The, I mean, I got to tell you, the the why I fell in love with these things even five months ago when we were even having early prototypes, is because of the seamless connection of the Bluetooth on this computer, and always being connected to my Xbox, always. And so the beauty is. I'll have downtime at lunch. I'll be playing a game and just someone at work calls me on Teams and immediately, like, it just works perfect. It, it semi-mutes the game. Automatically, I'm in chat. The, the volume's louder. It, it, it could, like, it's so seamless. Like, I love it. The battery life is all day. I mean, I go down here and I, and I have it seamlessly connected. So it's always on, it's always wireless through Bluetooth and uh, the Xbox protocol. So it's always dual connected. I'm probably on Teams calls at least eight to nine hours a day and then add probably another two to three hours of gaming, if not late night stuff. And I just charge it every night. I've never had it actually die. I just charge, I just plug it in every night. Nice. Um, so, I mean, it's amazing. I mean, comfort wise, it's, it's really nice. Um, I, I mean, and the features, I mean, like all these other features, and you'll see when you guys get them, I mean, they're so much better than they than I thought they were. Some of the early versions had some issues, and we've, we've I, you know, again, Eric's team, James's team has done an amazing job to fix some of them. Like, I love the dials. I think the dials are so much easier than trying to find buttons in the back. Um, but when we initially got them, they were so swivelly <laughs> that you'd go to take them off, and the first thing you do is turn the volume off. And then I'd go to turn them on, and I'd be like, I'd be trying to reset them, and they'll do all the, and then I'd be like, oh, they're not working because the volume's off. <laughs> And so we were constantly like messing with the settings, but now they've got the tension right. Um, they're comfortable. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, again, for a hundred, I mean, I, I, not to call it other brands, but right here underneath what I use, what I usually use is, you know, I got two different $300 headsets right here. And I don't think I've touched either one of them in four months. Wow. They're really nice. I mean, again, the only thing I really, really wish they had, and this was a conscious decision by the team. Uh, it's a big pro you know, this is really the difference of, you know, when we usually talk specs and we talk uh, how things and prices and all this kind of stuff. Mechanics, you know, I, I've, I've talked to you guys before about hardware. Hardware is more expensive than people think it is, and it's not just the silicon and things like that. Uh, swivels to make it lie flat is the only feature I probably really wish I had. Um, I went to I went on a trip like two weeks ago or three weeks ago, and I, I actually wore, wore them all the time. I really wish I had live flat on them. That's the only thing I can say that's not 100%. But again, for $100, if that's the only thing I'm complaining about, um, I think it really says something about the feature set that's in it. All right. All right. I mean, that's uh, pretty interesting. Um, I guess to add on to that, um, if I may, Tim, uh, because you're talking about you know, different features and whatnot, are you able to... Um, let's say kind of like I, I think I saw something on uh, Major Nelson's uh, TV show or sorry his little show there where uh, the the ear cups kind of come out is there any like customization at all that you're able to do or 
Not yet. No, not on these ones. When he says come out, they just kind of like pull a little bit, but they don't, they don't actually change. If you got to the point where they got really gross and we were going to sell them, they do come off and they can go back on, but I would not recommend right now. That's not what they're meant to do. Ah, <laughs> uh, already. And, but eventually, eventually I think if we sold other one, and that's what I mean. So we, like right now, these things are, you know, they, they do come off and they, they come, then they go right back on. We're just not selling anything yet. And so, and, but right now, they, they do come off, especially if they get dirty and gross, is why we actually did this. So, um, I guess that kind of actually leads me into my question, which is actually pretty good. Um, we all know the the quality of product that you strive uh, to build at Xbox, because you always talk about how much uh, testing and engineering goes into everything that Xbox puts out or Microsoft puts out. Um, exactly where did you guys start when it came to kind of breaking the mold as a headset? Cause you know, there's a lot of competition out there. Um, me personally, I happen to be a big fan of, um, headsets that actually have kind of like a steel frame construction. Cause I've had plastic ones snap in the past. And it's also been a while since Xbox kind of actually tackled their own, uh, in-house headset. Um, so like, where did you guys start on trying to kind of, figure out where you guys wanted to stand in the market and not only that but what kind of testing went into uh kind of like because you guys talked about prototypes and stuff like that we know like you guys put a lot of uh time and money into just building machines to push the buttons a million times on an elite controller kind of like where where did you guys start when it came to actually testing the product for uh the public when it came to the headset uh, I mean, the question of the Surface headset was a good one because obviously, you know, it had been several years since we had made one. And again, like I said, the team that we had that made uh, the stereo ones back in Xbox One original launch days was actually a team out of our uh, China design team. Uh, so even Redmond didn't work 100 percent on. We were a part of it, but we didn't. They, we actually gave that to our um, China team. Uh, so. We, as an Xbox, we have an audio team when it comes to audio codec stuff, when it comes to the, the consoles and, and how it's going to play through. But audio is in a headset, is in drivers and ear cups and all that. Like, we spent a lot, we, we've dabbled in it for years. Um, but like I said, since we didn't have the audio team, uh, we've kind of backed off on it. Um, letting, let, letting you know, some of our obviously competitors and our, for that matter, our partners. I mean, we, we partner with a lot. We, we've, we've invested more in partnering with our uh, third party sources over the past. Oh, I, I have a, I have a set of uh, turtle beaches, wireless ones right now that actually link up using the wireless, uh, the wireless technology in the um, Xbox yeah. kind of like the controller does. Yeah, that's, and so that's what I mean. Like, so, a lot of people don't know, like the difference between Xbox and others is our wireless protocol is a lot of people think it's either Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. It's not really either. Um, it's actually a proprietary one. Um, and that's why no one makes a third party wireless controller. Um, there's lots of wired ones, but not wireless. So what we did in the headset market was we actually did allow a couple of the headsets, Turtle Beach being one of them, uh, where we licensed the chip itself to go into the headset. Um, and that's why it can dual partner or, or it can partner directly with the Xbox. So just like your control. And that's what this one does too. Like this one is, like I said, this one's built to work on the Xbox and then also work yeah, with And I will at least defend you, your headset over the Turtle Beach headset. The Turtle Beach headset that did have Bluetooth and what could work on the Xbox, it was either or, where yours yeah. is a dual purpose headset that can do it yeah. simultaneously. 
Yeah, the simultaneous, I think, is, is the big difference. And that's, what, again, when you can go behind the curtain. So we gave them the chip to work and, and like they, we, they work with our firmware teams and we got them to work and it works well. But again, that, that, that is a limitation of not designing it from the ground up to work for Xbox first and then add Bluetooth. Um, so the way our headsets work, yeah, it, the dual is a big thing. But again, like what we did is we, we went to our counterparts in Surface and we said, hey, we did a lot of field studies. What do people look at? And then, of course we did have to tailor it and we did some specific studies to Xbox gaming versus just the virtual. But when you looked at what the top feature set of like what a surface headset and our feature set, they didn't match up one-to-one. -one. So we did have to do a little cross analysis type work. Um, and then we actually went to a lot of partner companies because again, we weren't designing like the drivers and the actual, um, like all the audio ground up ourselves. Cause again, we didn't have a full audio team. So we actually have partners uh, companies uh, not that much different than, like, like, if you think of AMD, like, right? I mean, we've got a great graphic team. We've got great silicon team, but we still, AMD still helps us back and forth. There's a lot, a lot of IP back and forth. And we do the same thing with some, uh, some audio vendors um, to help us with, hey, here's some of the best ways to implement audio itself. And then, of course, we do a lot of the work with them on how to integrate that into our system. Um, and then I mean, not just what's current today, but, you know, obviously we've all talked about back and pat. But even everything we make of hardware today, we're trying to make it future compat to an extent. I mean, I can't go 20 years in the future, but um, a lot of things we do with our hardware is hoping that, you know, it's stuff that we know enough about what's coming that it will be capable of what titles, movies, media, all that kind of stuff will be capable of in the next couple of years too. But it definitely took a lot of help from the Surface team as well as some of our vendors who are making some of the actual drivers and parts themselves. Now, if I could tail off just real quick um, to finish up, since you said that you work with a lot of third parties, uh, what would you say about their, uh, have you worked with uh, this headset with Dolby Atmos on? You mean on, like, have yeah, I have you played, yeah, Atmos? you obviously, you've probably played with the headset, obviously, with Dolby Atmos on oh, on yeah. the console. So yeah. I was, like, definitely, like, was the, with Dolby, if I may ask it by any chance, like, uh, uh, had like any say so on how to make Atmos work better on the headset versus other ones? Yeah, our our, our team works a lot with Atmos. Like okay. we have, we have, we have a ton of work with Dolby. Dolby, uh, Xbox and Dolby are very strong. I mean, I would, this is not saying they're not strong with anybody else, but we take it personally that we're very attached to Dolby. We we love their work to the point where a lot of people don't know, but in the building I even work in in the studios, um, there is actually a theater. Um, that Dolby built. <laughs> so we can see an Atmos there um, to the size of, I think it seats like 150 people, 180 people or something. But you can get it where someone can sit in the front and you can actually hook an Xbox up to it and you get this like movie theater experience of Dolby Atmos while you're playing um, down to the level of you can do your presentations from there. But anyway, it's actually owned and built and maintained by Dolby. Um, and then to that matter, we also have a smaller lab, an audio lab that is also that we have Dolby or Dolby people come and certify it, uh, that it's Atmos living room experience, um, where we build, you know, like the TVs and all the speakers and, and they have it set up where it works just like, like they come and certify it as, as an approved lab. Um, so now we spend a lot of time, <laughs> yeah, I know we work, we work a lot with them. And so, yeah, the headset, we definitely... I mean, I wonder if they have samples and stuff. I never really thought about that. I'm, I'm sure they do, but I've never actually asked directly if they do. Um, but I know from a settings and a spec perspective that 
in order to be Dolby certified, you have a spec, you have to pass and you have to self-certify. And so that's why we have those labs. Uh, we then self-certify on them and then show them our results kind of thing. Hmm. All right. That's pretty cool. Uh, Shockley, I think you, uh, you're next up on deck, pal. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, thanks for, uh, or stopping by with this tonight, Daniel or uh, David, sorry, my bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Just because my next question was actually kind of leaning into uh, a Daniel um, from the uh, c commercial that you guys ran, uh, well, PR ran uh, with uh, Daniel uh, Kaluyu, mm -hmm. or Kaluyu. Um, did you guys get a kick out of that? As like, if like anyone was going to see, if, like, if that was like a new headset, or I'm yeah, guessing I don't think anyone really caught on to it though. But I mean, if you really think about it, it was it was pretty benign. Yeah, it was purpose like. Um, because think about it, PR obviously won. Josh Muncie's going to kill me for this fight and talk about it. So I should, probably shouldn't talk about it. But I mean, they know what they're doing. Oh. <laughs> I would love to say I have a big piece when it does, but Josh and those guys, they know what they're doing. They're amazing. Um, that, that campaign was done um, with that in, in mind. They, they know what they're doing. And I think they did knock it out of the park. That whole ad, I, I loved all those ads that they're doing with the Power of Your Dreams, all, all the cool stuff they're doing with that. They have so many great ideas of like offshoots of what they're still doing and growing with. I love it. Now, is there a limit on the amount of, I'm guessing there probably isn't, uh, on the amount of, like, devices that can be connected to it? Uh, I mean, the headset? Yeah, like, my my Xbox, like, if I have a Surface Pro, I'm guessing there's probably not, like, a limit? It's just two at a time. Okay. I mean, two simultaneously, obviously. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I've got it on all my, like, I've got a couple books, you know, Surface books, and so it's technically on all of them kind of thing and then it's on that but it it'll attach to the last one that i had you know just like your any any headset and that's the beauty of it for me like i said i come in the morning you just turn it on it's automatically on this computer first and my series x but i have it work and work immediately with my s and then with my home either my home pcs it can work really quick too if i want to play pc gaming oh, okay cool um is there any uh I guess customizations that you can do with like uh, I think that I haven't dabbled in it too much with like the Atmos app because I haven't had really a I guess a, a headset of like this caliber. I just had my Astros that didn't. Uh, yeah. Older ones that I don't think have that tech or have that ability, but you know I haven't used it with the Atmos app. I've used it with our app where you can do all oh, okay. the settings with oh, it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, on ours you can do it. Um, oh, okay. I haven't tried it directly with the Atmos app, and I. I hate to say this, but my home computers are my, now that I work from home, mine are on constant rings. And so con like it gets updated every, so I have to redo everything every day pretty much. Oh, yeah. um, except for quick resume, which is just an awesome feature, which I never really thought of. Like we get upgrades every day. Your quick resume works when you upgrade. For anyone that doesn't know that, it's one of the most ama amazing things I've ever seen. Um, but it does lose some of my settings at time and I have to go in there. So I, I use it a lot with the, uh, with the, the Xbox app. I haven't really been using it much with the Dolby app. That's a really good question. I can, I can follow up on that, though. Cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, just to follow up on the apps, the Xbox Accessories app, obviously, it's um, uh, paired to do and tweak different settings. Was it always in mind, like, when you were developing the, um, the wireless headset? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, uh, I'd even back it the other way, which is when we made the app, if you remember in the old day, before Elite, it was just settings. There was just the thing that said accessory settings. It was the Elite that made the accessory app kind of be its own sideload. 
Um, the intent was back when we designed that originally with series, the first the series one elite um, was 100% just, we were going to put everything in there, like all controllers, all headsets. And then we just didn't do a headset. Uh, so it ended up being, it was just for controllers. But if you notice, it did add control, like other controller features are in there now. So when we started doing some of the, oh, you can just program your regular controller and that kind of stuff. But it was always the intent to put everything in there. Right. I'd like to see more in there, honestly. Hmm. See, now you're hinting at like an elite headset in the future. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Let us get the first one out and then we'll, uh, yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Um, all right, uh, Timmy. What, uh, what's on your mind? All right. Well, I'm gonna switch uh, topics to um, to uh, the Xbox Series, uh, the the consoles, and you know, I remember we had you on, and you were super, super cautious that you couldn't, you know, obviously you didn't want to say anything <laughs> or let anything out. Um, take us through that process, like. Was that a time where, you know, like you guys, did you guys stress that you were going to be like per se the more powerful one or and uh, and or um, one of the things that I have to commend you guys on is, is you got the full RDNA 2 and the uh, ML uh, technology built on it, hardware. Um, uh, how, how are you? How did you feel uh, as far as the overall specs? uh overall and and how like during that time can you take us through like what was like like obviously the fans are crazy about it and you, you know you were you were actually hounded about it i think at a, at a show or something um what what was your take on that whole thing and um i just wanted to say uh congrats though you guys really nailed the specs and very yeah. happy i mean don't get me wrong i remember four years ago and don't and first of all there's dozens of people on these projects technically before they even exist and they just don't call it the projects like people think silly i mean we all know silicon doesn't happen quickly um we have teams that aren't even technically thinking about console they're just thinking about uh capability of cpu and graphics and memory and storage and those kinds of things years in advance of just trying to understand the inputs and outputs and capabilities. And, and another big piece is what developers could do let alone what developers are going to do so you have a lot of stuff you know, spinning around for a year, year and a half before really the, the console teams come in. Now there's people from the console teams that come in. So you figure like three, four years ago, the console team was was starting to get heavily engaged. Um, where we start putting a little spec to it, especially you start bringing in the developer uh, teams that we have internally, because obviously you don't want to over-design or under-design to what the developers are doing. So you kind of know what the, where the industry is going. If you kind of know where the industry is going, you kind of know what the competition is doing because they're doing the same exact thing. So we never, we, we know we're not like left field different than they are. Now you're talking about like, Hey, to your point, like RDNA full or RDNA partial, you're talking about size of storage, what kind of NVMEs they have, how fast they're going. And now you're just playing a chess game. At that point. Um, you can wait a little longer and, you know, just look at your PC market, right? There's going to be a new piece of hardware every three to six months. Um, meaning, so if you are willing to wait and take a bigger risk on your schedule, mm -hmm. you the latest and greatest. If you want to be more secure in what you're going to do and maybe work more on price or um, with titles for that matter too, because if your hardware is done sooner, you can get developer kits out sooner. So right. it's kind of 
who's going to blink first sometimes in those kind of things. I mean, overall, industry-wise, we kind of know what each other's doing. But yeah, it, it's but the devil's in the details, right? I mean, obviously, there's capabilities we have by waiting, and some of those small features turn out to be big features. Right. Um, and then it can work both ways too. Like if we wait too long, you know, controllers could be different. Their headsets, I mean, there's even all the peripherals more getting to be just as important as the consoles themselves on day one. And and that's and, and that's a struggle too. Is you know we're only one dev team. Do I put everyone on everything? You know, I put everyone on everything and take risks by taking the latest parts. <laughs> it's a good right. chance to make holiday. So you gotta you gotta you gotta be strategic in what you're doing. And so. Personally, if you ask my opinion, I love the fact that I felt like what we were doing, maybe not in the first year, you know, so four years ago version, but two, three years ago, we definitely were given, we had a different management structure slightly and a different mantra, which was stop looking to the left and right and seeing what everyone's doing. Figure out what your end game is, which is our consumers and our developers. I mean, our consumers and developers and and just go forward. Like, we, I mean, I've definitely been on these programs in the past where two months before launch, I'm still looking left and right and seeing what they're doing and making right. sure. I, we didn't do that this time. We, I mean, don't be wrong, that first year or two where you're deciding on silicon, but like I said, we're pretty comparable there. We were definitely looking left and right. Uh, but the last two years, no way. We went, we had a target, we had a goal, we knew what we wanted, we knew exactly how much memory, how much storage, how much speed, um, what our developers were going to do with our titles. We knew everything we were going to do and we went for it. And I think, I think we Nailed hit, it. hit my Nailed exact it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. If anything, I, I'm so proud of my team, I even say they're above the mark. Right. But was it a stressful time? Was uh, so you, you, so the last two years, you would say it was. A stressful time as far as because I know. Listen, as a fan, I was hit up every day. Are they going to be the more powerful one? Are they going to be? You know, they can't give up the power crown. Uh, you know, literally. I mean, you know, that was the talk of the town, and this was like the first thing I could just imagine how it was. I think I was talking to like Mike or uh, you know, in a DM, and he's like, you know, like you know, you don't realize like. You guys are in it with you guys see it all too, and you know, uh, imagine the position that you guys are in, you know what I mean, as far as like, uh, you know, as far as stress and stuff like that. So, but uh, overall, you, you guys did nail it, and 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 I have to say, you you were good, uh, as as you you didn't give up anything. I mean, we were. We, we not that we were prying or anything, but uh, I know that you were you were like I said hounded by that stuff, and uh, just just good to see that you guys stood up and with withstood all that stuff. Looking yeah. back now, yeah, it's uh, it's I mean it comes with a job, right? I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when I was more on the, you know, I mean you work your way up, right? So now I do all the first party stuff. But back in the day, you know, I was. Not only was I just not on a console, not only was I on a controller, you're on like a part of the control. You work your way up. And the, the farther you go, obviously, the more responsibility you have. And so like my team is the ones in the day-to-day trenches doing the work and that they're amazing. But I'll admit, yeah, I mean, like when I go to the CES shows and I go to E3 and GDC and Gamescom and all these kinds of things, yeah, you, you go out of hounding. I mean, and it, it gets a little crazy, but it's part of the job. And I will admit, I'm the first one to say to my right. PR, the one time that you were talking about, yeah. 
<laughs> CES incident, that's right? CES, but that's because CES to me isn't a gaming show. I mean, there's gaming there. <laughs> there's not, I did not expect it there. I, I guess I'm in a little different mode sometimes when I'm, I mean, I, was, I mean, for gosh sake, I was wearing a sport coat and tie. Once I if someone didn't die and I'm wearing a jacket and a tie, it's only at CES. I mean, that, that's right. the only way that's going to happen. Right. Um, but no, I mean, again, it, it, the pressure and all that kind of stuff is, is great. I, and I love the enthusiasm of the fans. Don't get me wrong. Like, there's a reason I took this job. I mean, it was be, when I came to Xbox, it's because I bled green. I mean, now now that I've been, I bled green and this is where I wanted to come. And I, I loved getting this job. But I can tell you right now, like now I'm in it for the community. As much as I love Xbox and I love Green, I actually see the bigger picture myself, which is I just want I just want where the industry is going and where the community is going, and I want where gaming is going, because like to me that's the best part. Like I love Xbox, I still do, and that's what I mean. But that is why I, th- I think we really hunkered down those last two years. That's right, I said hunkered. I don't know why I said that. You've ever said hunkered? Um, we really, <laughs> well, we really, I don't know what it means. <laughs> we really had a yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I just said that. We really had a target and we went for it. And I really dig that up from my team is like having that is so much different than it has to be used to be in the past. And as a guy that's worked 20 years before in the cell phone industry where everything's about left, right. Oh, what's Apple doing? What's Moto doing? What's Nokia yeah. doing? What's, like that's all it was. This was so nice to have, have it down from the fill level to my direct boss's level to where we were given the autonomy to just go, like go. And, and like a lot of, so anytime we would have discussions about, well, what if, and what if, and you're like, well, that's great. Those are great papers. And I'm going to have one of my people go work on it. And we'll have a nice slide that says, what if, but never change our North stars. I don't think we changed our North star at all the last couple of years. Nice. Now, uh, Centurion's going to be up next, but I have a question from the chat, uh, David, from uh, Dinero Primero. And David, being a hardware controller guy, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the PS5's DualSense, and can we maybe expect some of those features make their way to an Xbox controller? Uh, DualSense is great. I mean, I use it. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I will say, like, it, the, the features are as good as the developers are that use it. Uh-huh. Um, and so right now, don't get me wrong, like, a great example Switch, right? I mean, like, the Remember when the Switch had the little marble game and you could like move it around and it, it, it was like the most refreshing thing in the world? The haptics really aren't that different than anyone else. It's just how the game was written to use those things. Um, so DualSense does have some really good ideas. I, I thought it was a little premature with where titles were because titles were spending a lot more time on obviously the consoles. So they weren't going to focus on the titles. So other than their, their really, the ones that were early adopters, so like, uh, the ones Tony's putting out, but don't get me wrong; like those are all great ideas. Um, we've looked at a lot of them too. Haptics are nothing new. I mean, like, like haptics—it's how much you want to pay for the haptics. I mean, I, I don't want to—I I never want to bash Tony. Like, it's an amazing controller, but there's a reason it's ten dollars more. Right. Uh, we made a conscious decision; we did not want to do that. Again, to the theory of a ninety-nine dollar headset coming out with Series S, having ESM instead of just or uh, the storage module instead of having um, just two terabyte S's because it didn't make sense. It was like, hey, let more people into the ecosystem. And so a $70 controller for us didn't make sense day one. Now that doesn't mean we won't do anything. doesn't mean we don't have ideas. It just means that I didn't think that was right for day one. Just like we're not doing an elite, the same reason we never do an elite on day one either. Um, You want more people involved and not have people feel like, oh, I didn't get the good one. 
because I'll argue with anyone that says about S versus X. <laughs> I have an argument for anybody that, that thinks they didn't get good enough with S. And for a um, lot of players, people would just turn that off. Like if you're playing competitive, I don't want something resisting my trigger finger when I'm trying to, like, I know it's going to feel cool because it's like, oh, it feels like I'm pulling yeah. a real trigger. But if I'm playing competitive, I'm going to just turn that right off. But And that's and that's one of the things we got. In fact, actually, you can look it up. Microsoft has a patent on that, um, on that trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it's okay. Like it, it's good stuff. It's good for the market. Like, like I'm happy they're doing it because, because if they get them to do it, I'll put it in. Like if they get more studios to do it, good. Like a great example that everyone remembers in the Xbox one, we were the first person to put the rumbles in the triggers, but the adoption on that was low. The racing games loved it, but the shooting games actually didn't for what you just said. Like it's hard to, you know, how many people try to have, like adjust their stability settings and recoil settings and things like that. Just so when they're shooting, they don't have any pullback. Um, so it's a feature that's nice, but don't get me wrong. They did other things that were great. Like the speaker and mic now, the speaker is so much better than it used to be. So I'm glad they improved that because that's a feature that kind of what I'm saying that they made the, the, the speaker and the original one and the touchpad for that matter that were kitsch and they had some really nice little ideas for it, but it never really took off very well because it wasn't very well executed. But the speaker and mic in it now, I think are much better. And I think they'll be able to do things. I think games will actually use it, not to mention chats become, you know, like system command chat and that kind of stuff is going to get more and more popular. So having a mic in there is nice and the speaker in there is nice. The haptics are wonderful. They're, they're, they, they've done a good job on those. Um, haptics are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, like again, I, we 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 we've got ideas for haptics, and we've talked with a lot of our vendors, and I know exactly what they cost, and um, they're expensive. And 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 like, don't get me wrong, I, I would love to be able to spend another ten dollars as well and and get them. But I again, it's not that we don't want to do it. We don't think it's important. I just don't think it was important for day one. And again, that goes back to that theory of North Star that. I had a priority and it wasn't because um, I think what we did on the controller was great. I think the the little ergonomic differences we made, the texture we made, the oh, new detail, mm-hmm. um, adding the share button, you know, like these are all the things that I, uh, speaking to the guy that likes to put things, like I put things in that I know everyone or at least a majority of people use and or appreciate versus, you know, how many people are going to really use those force feedback triggers on day one and really enjoy it? I don't know. But certainly a year from now when titles are written better for them, yes. Like, like, And so good for them. Like I, again, I, I think it's good for the industry because it pushes our developers to use features. Mm-hmm. Now, just that so D-pad I... is a great touch. I did, that's probably my number one feature on there. That's the only thing I finally put down a uh, PlayStation D-pad, and I use that instead <laughs> when I have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, just out of curiosity, uh, David, uh, on the Xbox uh, controller, the new one, um, the little like the little bumps, the little grips. Whose idea was that? Because I really like that. Well, it's the, the ID team, and with our human factor team and our and our mechanical team, um, it's funny. You know, you see, you saw this one from Sony where they had a little X's and O's, and they they talk about how they did it. And ours is actually it's just not as cute as X's and O's, but that that pattern. Um, you know, you get so much feedback from obviously the elites, but then like we even have some of those uh, limited edition, special edition kinds that we've been putting different, weirder, crazier textures on the back um, of how much feedback people just wanted a little more. They didn't want elite. They didn't want rubber or TPE type materials. They just wanted a little more grip. And so it, it, it's crazy. Um, if you've seen any of the like we, we did it on our, our release day. 
but since then, because of Sony, they, they've kind of taken off a little bit more of this, um, uh, you know, because they have, they have the cute little pattern. But honestly, if you talk to our mechanical engineering, I think it took something like hundreds of hours to draw the CAD to actually allow all those little dots on the back. Because ours is the same way. It's not just a textured tool that they sampled. It literally is like they drew all the little things in. And so it's amazing what they did. All right. <laughs> All right. I believe uh, our pal member Southbound has entered the room. Southie, are you there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can y'all hear me? <laughs> What's up, Southie? <laughs> My man. How's everybody doing out there? <laughs> Good to hear from you, man. Likewise, likewise. Yeah, I'm over, I'm here at work. I just uh, listening to you guys and, you know, just wanted to, uh, you know, check out and Make sure everybody's doing good. And, you know, just send, send my love to y'all. You know, uh, I had that Rona here here not too long ago, and that really took the took the hell out of me. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still here kicking. But I just wanted, like I said, just wanted to check in with you guys. And, uh, you know, David, uh, you know, I've always appreciated your, your work. And, I, man, you know, I've been bugging you for a headset for, what, five, six years now? <laughs> so, uh so, yeah, so I just, you know, like I said, I just wanted to show real quick and just uh, tell you guys, you know, much love. And, uh, again, I uh, appreciate your hard work, David, and, and I'll, I'll hopefully be seeing you soon and, you know, definitely be talking with y'all very, very soon. Thank you, man. Hope you get better soon. Hope we're talking soon. Likewise. All right, y'all. You guys have a good one, and uh, keep it up. You guys are doing great. Later, South. Later, Southie. Uh, much love. Um, uh, let's see here. Now, Centurion, buddy, uh, I mean, it's great to hear Southie there again, but I, I know you got a boatload of things to ask, uh, David. You're a, you're a very curious fella. What do you got for <laughs> I? Well, I also got the gift of gab. I love chatting, but, um, <laughs> I kind of like how he's talking about the North Star, uh, the direction of Xbox and how they haven't really taken their eye off of it or changed it. And lately, um, th and this is kind of like me going into my own opinion, I feel like I'm getting... Uh, inklings of the backwards compatibility program again because uh, Xbox really set themselves out from the crowd by uh, you know honoring and respecting the the past purchases of gamers, um, giving us a way of playing older games on newer gen consoles, and now um, with the addition of uh, the boost on some of these games at 60 frames a second, I've already checked out Fallout. Um, not excuse me, Far Cry 4, which completely feels like a completely different game now. Um, I think um, they're even doing it in Fallout 4 now because as yeah, I was on my computer, I was it was registering at 60 frames a second. Um, so these games, uh, again, you know, you have just found another way to basically make backwards compatibility shine. Yeah, I mean, it's not obviously being more of the hardware guy, the title stuff is as big my big thing, but you know, I'm sure you all know Jason Ronald well. Um, that's his world, and my god, I mean, that team just knocked it out of the park. I mean, every day I feel like I go online and it tells me, Oh, go try this game, we just updated it again. And you're like, How many games can you guys do? It's such a short <laughs> it's really, I mean, between that and back and pat in general, uh, people always forget, like. It, there's a lot of issues where people think we just take these titles. Jason could speak it way more eloquently than me, but there's a lot of people that think you just take these old titles and you just run it through some machine where you push a button, turn a crank, and all of a sudden the game comes out the other end. But 
um, it's, it's not that easy because you have regionalization, you've got localization, you've got all these problems that have to happen. But in addition to that, a lot of these games, you know, there's no studio working on them anymore. There's no yeah. anymore. And so when you have to do things and touch things, I mean, Jason's org is making it not only so anybody can make these back, I shouldn't say anybody, there's work, there's a lot of work is my point, but they're making it try to be as simple as possible for the developers. Um, to help us with this stuff because the last thing we want to do is like promote all this back and pat and all this greatness. And then of course it just makes it look, the studios look bad because they're not doing their work. Um, I mean, some of this back and pat stuff is serious amount of work and serious amount of testing um, because the last thing we'd want to do is say, yeah, you get it at 60 FPS, but <laughs> your system's going to crash every five minutes. Well, you know, it's not going to do you any good. So there's a lot of work that goes involved, but we try to make it as least impact as possible on our partners. And that team by Jason is just amazing. Um, as a two part, like um, I remember when the first time we talked, you even uh, kind of like hinted towards the idea of like AK just kind of being more like a, like a tag word right now. Everybody just, cause there's really very limited AK uh, kind of uh, content on the market to really experience that. And what brings me into this is originally when everybody talked about 120 frames a second on the Series X or even uh, the Series S, they thought it was going to be yet another keyword. But now we're talking 25 plus games available right now running at 120 frames a second. Um, you being the hardware developer, I mean, how does that... I mean, like, you literally built a console that is capable of 120 frames Crazy. a second, and you technically have the most games available right now on console that can push those kinds of frame rates. Uh, <laughs> you know, you go back to Tim's question of how nervous was I. <laughs> that was obviously one of our big fears was, you know, you get to the end of the finish line with the hard hardware and the, the titles don't match up. Um, and I think in the past couple months, you know, since launch, the amount of titles out there that can run at this remain. And, and, and that's why I'll go back to it all the time is, and I don't want to sound like a broken record. I also don't want to sound like a used car salesman, but series S is the most real deal playing 120 FPS at 14 or 1440, 120 FPS. I mean, I don't care what anyone says. It's like, it's crazy. well, especially if you're a PVP player. And I, you know, if, if you're, if you want to play, you know, Laura Croft and you want to play you want gorgeous gears or something and you want to play it in your ultimate 4k like yeah it, it's not great but you know I have 10 times as many people playing Fortnite well not literally I, I don't know the number probably shouldn't say that because someone's going to quote me on don't quote me on that. I have a lot more people playing pvp like Fortnites and um apex and uh these other titles where I guarantee you most of those players they're caring more about they're caring more about the fps than they are you know, the graphics. Now, that's not to say you don't want both. I mean, everyone wants both. But you you look at it, you look at our titles right now, what you're capable of at 120 FPS on some of those titles is just amazing to me. Like I, 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 like I said, I was really nervous at, at, at like when we got within a couple of months of launch and we saw the status of some of the titles and when, when they're going to come out, when they'll be ready. Some of them made me nervous. I'm not going to lie. Like I, I was a little scared. Mm -hmm. You would have not as much content, but but again, it, it's because you're trying to match two things up perfectly, and everybody's racing for the end as fast as possible. So, um, but I, I'm amazed again, like Jason's team and the studio's team in general, like just doing, just crushing it with how many titles and what titles. Like some of those titles are, like I said, you don't just push a button and turn a crank and the game comes out the backside. I mean, some of those are 
massive work, and they still got them right on time. Um, so I, 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 I'm impressed. Like I, it, it, and I'll admit, it, like we're in the same way. Like we get, uh, you know, not only do we get like the take home, and do we get like the same things that people do on the rings and the betas, but we get them even sooner, obviously. And so you get an email. I can't tell you how often, like my team, like you'll get the email that says, "Okay, today we're launching these four new 120 FPSs." And you're like, "Ah, everybody goes, I'm going to take them." <laughs> you can tell everybody's playing during a meeting and everything. <laughs> it's like you can hear clicking, clicking, click, 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 click in the background. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, you're paying attention." <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. Um... No, it's just it's amazing what these uh, what these consoles are able to do. I know you're really proud of the Series S and its capabilities. Um, I mean, I would I went for the uh, the big tower of power, the Xbox monolith, as I like to call it, the uh, Series X. <laughs> so I just I love that thing. You know, I um, whenever I see it, I think about that movie. What was it? Um, what was it space odyssey whatever 2001 i just i just i i, I love it i love it <laughs> or he's ga gathered around the obelisk yeah. <laughs> well it's between it's between that and the meme of like phil as like uh, commando arnold with like like it as a rocket launcher i just i can't get away yeah. from it <laughs> yeah schwarzenegger meme yeah oh just classic classic i i just i love what you guys were able to do with these things um I mean, the X is amazing. Don't get me wrong. You want the Ferrari or you want the Porsche? Those are the choices. Like right now, like that's how I look at it is, you know, everyone wants to talk. I just hate everyone ignores the little step brother because he's, he's just amazing. But I got to admit, I mean, the X is off. So right now I've got a brand new gaming PC that I've probably put 15 hours into in the last two months. Because all I <laughs> that's all I play. And I've got, I've got, I'm not even going to tell you what's in it because half that stuff is from, an, you know, AMD, which isn't even on the market yet. <laughs> I, but I can tell you right now, I get probably 220 frames per second <laughs> at 4K. Like, you, I can do whatever I want with that PC. I still play my X. I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. it, it it's a, it really is a beast. And so, it's hard to compare to it. I'm just always amazed at how well the S plays the same thing, especially when it comes to the FPS. Just what you can do with it. Um, is always cool to me. All right, I, I have a question. We, as we know, you guys nailed it with the hardware. Uh, I wanted to say congratulations to you and your team, and just to everyone with Xbox. Just, just, just killed it. Um, but now I have a question uh, off of hardware, and it goes to this week. Um, what was your take with the whole Bethesda roundtable, and mm -hmm. how did you feel about it? Um, cause I can tell you one thing, the, the, the community reaction and everyone on Twitter or just everyone in general, we are like, this is never, this is uncharted waters for Xbox. It is the best time to be an Xbox fan right now. As far as I'm concerned, just the futures just stacked up. Like I I'm blaming Phil for, I have to get 12 external, 12 terabyte <laughs> externals because these games just keep on coming. But I wanted to hear from you. What was your take, your reaction, and, and how did you feel about it? So first and foremost, you know, the, you, when you work with these kinds of deals, you know, this, this kind of money, these kinds of deals, it, there's so much legal involved that you'd probably be surprised how few people are actually privy to any information much more before the public is. Um, we know what's going on. We know what's happening. So, um, but we don't know it. 
like they know long before we we I, I even knew. Now I knew before the general public does, but I, I don't really know much much before then. Um, but we did know more about the steps that once the first announcement was made, we were a little more privy of to when things were going to happen and dates and all that. But I can tell you, if you go back a year and you rewind when this whole stuff started and the discussions and um, getting more public, <laughs> you know, other than probably like sports games and stuff I played a lot in college, Bethesda is probably my biggest thing going back in history and playing RPGs like Skyrim and Oblivion and some of the originals. Um, it's literally where I cut my tooth on 360. I was playing much more PC back then um, and some PS. Wasn't playing a lot of it. I had Xbox, but honestly, back then it was because I could play Tiger Woods with my friends. Um, and Madden, that, that's the only reason I really had it. I hate to admit it. And then it was, then I got into Halo, uh, way much more. Um, and then I really enjoyed that. But honestly, what really brought me over hundred percent was those original RPGs coming out of Bethesda. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I played a lot of doom on PC, but, uh, all the, all of those ones are what got me over. So when I first, like, if you look at my office, not this office, but my one in studios, it's 90, 90% of the swag is Bethesda. Like, like I, I remember I was at E3 a few years ago, probably five, six, seven years ago now. Um, and it was the show, I guess it's five years. It was the show where we released the verse series one. And don't tell anyone this. I traded a series one for a Bethesda t-shirt. Um, that was a special show one, <laughs> so, but it was something only the, the booth people had. So you had to work for Bethesda to get it. You couldn't buy it. And I traded a series one for it. Um, because I could not be more excited by Bethesda. And so when I found out that that was the big, we knew something big was coming internally. And when I found out that was the studio versus the other studio, I thought it might be, I, I just lost it. Like I, I lost my mind. Like I was, I, and so like I could not be more excited about it. Not to mention, I, I love the, just the studio in general. Now that I know more about them in general, and I, and I know some of the people there, um, I know some of the developers there. Um, <laughs> it's honestly, I, I think it's great. I think it's gonna be really good in general. And I'm really proud. You know, I, I've said this before on other shows. I've said on this show, I think too. Like I love working for Phil. Like I'm skip level to him, so I don't get to talk to him every day or anything like that. But I love what he's doing, what he's going to do with that studio. That it's not like, you know, hey, it's mine and I'm just going to do what I'm going to do with it. And we're going to go like push our own agenda 100% with like, there's still a lot of stuff going on. Um, and so I think he's going to run it right, just like he has some of our other studios. And I think the intent for it's great, but I could not be more excited about what we're doing and, and some of the studio purchases we made and, and, and how we're going to use them in the future. So I, I think it's huge. Right, right. I mean, you must be pretty proud. I mean, you got these powerful consoles, and then you got these big Bethesda ZeniMax titles coming out. It's like, wow. I mean, they're on. I mean, they were always on your console, but it's like, wow. Now they're it. They're catered to your console exclusively going forward. Well, pretty much, anyways. Besides a few uh, outliers, you could say. Um, I know more details are going to be coming in the uh, near future, from the sounds of things, but. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's, uh, I mean, it must be just such an exciting time for, uh, 
you know, the guys in the hardware and uh, like software, this, like, as you said, the internal studios, am I just like just getting these new consoles out and just working with all these fantastic uh, new studios, bigger and small? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot out there. Then you throw in like all the X cloud work on top of it and you start seeing the verticals of, you know, the console hardware, um, PC streaming. I mean, this new, like, I don't know if anyone's tried it yet, but um, the browser version of, of, of Game Pass. And I want to try it. Is it available right now? Yeah, I think beta. I think beta. It uh, is. Uh, it's not official, though, right? It's like in a, uh, like, I, that's what I heard. I, I wanted, I, is it available or do I have, or, or do I have to, like, get it a back way to get it? I don't think it's going back way to get it. I don't know. I could look it up, but I mean, like just in general, the verticals of what Xbox is doing and, and going all over the place, acquiring more studios. But you know, these pieces, you know, when, and I don't want to be going into it too much. But when you start putting in the machine learning and AI capabilities of the Azure racks and what we can do with all the data, um, mixed with what we can do with titles, now what we can do with hardware, and now what we can do with the cloud, like. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's a great time to be in the... I mean, I, I've only ever had this once in my career other than now, and it's a good feeling. Like, I feel like I've gotten on the waning end of a lot of uh, companies, and uh, but this this was like... This is amazing because I think, I think we're just getting started. Yeah. There's, there's just so much out there and so much potential, and we've really got... And again... The, I think the big difference of what we have and what our North Stars continue to be is more like community and not and gaming in general and not just, you know, money focused and GM focused and trying to get every gamer on the planet, but trying to get every gamer on the planet, at least in the ecosystem. It doesn't mean that they're buying an X and it doesn't mean they're buying you know, every single game, individual versus Game Pass, or vice versa. You know, we're trying to say, hey, if you still want to buy it the way you want to buy it, always go ahead. Um, but I just think there's, there's so many different opportunities now, and I think we've got – I don't feel like we're overreaching on any of them. It's not like when we're – it's not like we're trying something new. It's not like I'm SpaceX and I'm building a, a Tesla car one day and a rocket to Mars the next day. <laughs> Seems a little – it's a little aggressive, but um, – but I feel like we, we're not overreaching on anything we're doing right now. I think we've got a good handle on what we're doing. I think, again, I think we've got a great path. And I love the fact, again, we're not, we're not left and right. We're, we're going for it on everything we think is important to the industry. All right. All right. Uh, well said, David. Uh, I know Shockley's gearing up to ask something. Shockley, go ahead, buddy. Don't be shy. <laughs> yeah, I was, no, I was waiting after uh, Tim's question that mine kind of plays into it. Does that change your kind of like uh... – I guess workload just like working with lot like well more studios than what you had like what more than double what you had like a year ago mm-hmm. um i guess does that change like your do you have to like individually i guess it, i guess probably not as far as like since you work with third parties anyway but no nah, we don't we it doesn't really change the hardware team's point what it does do for us is um the more we do and the more that xbox is working with is more opportunity where hardware can be unique or help, I guess is the thing. So when you look at like um, more X cloud, obviously we have to work with partners that make probably more portable controllers than ours. I mean, I wouldn't call ours non portable, but people want really low profile ones. They can just put in their pocket versus ones they put 
uh, like in a backpack. So we do have to find like, hey, do we want that? Or headsets that maybe are lie flat because you want to take them outside of an environment where, you know, traditionally you'd want to lie flat kind of one. So there, there's definitely hardware we're doing because we're doing different titles and, and different different places. But yeah, it's not like directly just because our studio is, uh, our studios are increasing or our deals with companies and all this are increasing or decreasing for that matter. We don't really change the hardware too much. Um, we did that two years ago to decide what we're going to launch, but um, right now it doesn't, it doesn't really change us too much, but hardware in general, that this is the, so it's always crazy. Um, it's exponential. Uh, I don't know if anyone has noticed this, but you know, when you have the OG, you had a console and a controller and, and then, you know, that was kind of it for the whole gen. <laughs> Um, you had some storage cards and things like that. And then you had the little wireless adapter way later and things like that. And then when you launched 360, it came out with a wireless, a wired, a battery pack, and a console. And then you had a bunch of stuff. And then you had Xbox One. So basically every generation, day one is like twice as big as it was the last day one. Um, but the truth is we have our portfolios just exploding. Like now we have our stake in the ground of the new gen. And so now I have this many years to go to the next gen. So honestly, this is where my team starts getting scattered because it's like, okay, we want one of these, one of these, one of these, one of these. And so um, depending on what one of these is, sometimes it's, we do work with studios if it's something that we think could help them, hurt them, want to understand more about them, that kind of stuff. But not individually and not daily do we get involved with the studios uh, as much. It's more the feature stuff. Um, what? Definitely oh. does. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask, uh, what's uh, I guess probably your most like favorite feature with the Xbox? I know I've probably dabbled in being like using HD, uh, the auto HDR, mm -hmm. um, like playing. If you go back and play Dead Space One on there, it makes a huge difference. Like it almost looks like it was like in there from like programmed in. Um, if you go back and check that one, that that's probably been my biggest like most favorite, my favorite feature for sure. Yeah, auto HDR was, was was a really nice surprise. One of my monitors is HDR, the other one isn't. And it's amazing how I go back and forth of, I now really only play on the one that does. Uh, and there used to be reasons why I played on both. But um, the new HDR with the auto HDR is actually really nice. So I always keep it on that one. Um, but for me personally, the quick resume is still the real deal. Because um, I, I also yeah, play... Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, because on... So, you know, my whole setup's all... So I have little kids... Um, so I have, at any given time, like three consoles hooked up to one monitor. Um, but they have their console down here that's just on quick resume. So the beauty is, you know, a lot of the games I play, you know, like Destiny and stuff, it doesn't help you a lot. Um, but for their games especially, like, it's amazing how many games, to just jump right in, they come down here and it takes half a second where yeah. I can tv and they're playing like immediately it's not like the old hey dad hand me back like the controller like five times of like hey, you know so <laughs> it's really nice that for each one like they get to have like i love the quick resume i, I think it was one of the coolest it's huge i didn't think it would be that big and, and honestly i think what the problem or why i thought that was when we were demoing it back in the proto phase there weren't enough titles there, there were very few titles that they had it working on and I don't think I was playing the ones that were. <laughs> and so I was like, eh, it's a nice feature. Um, but now, like, I told you, like, because I play a lot of Destiny on, on my X, I play a lot of the Destiny. 
And I'm like, come on, I have to wait five seconds to play this game. How dare they make me wait? <laughs> I've now, now gotten too used to it that I'm like, how dare they make me wait? It's it's literally to the point for me sometimes, like when I was playing um, uh, Yakuza and, and, and like Madden, it, it was literally was to the point where it felt like my Xbox never turned off for weeks. Yeah. Like it's yeah. that crazy, that fast, that you know, right to it. So, like, I, I, at times I would be like, I, I feels like I haven't turned my Xbox off, even though I have turned it off. But yeah, that that is, I think it's one of the the killer feature. Um, and Xbox nailed it with the uh, with that. Well, I was telling you the one earlier one, the one they would get me. I was playing Medium before it was out officially. Like, we get the Protos again to try it, and it had Quick Resume. And I remember, because again, like especially pre-launch, like like the day before we launch or something, like you're getting new. We get new OSs like every twelve hours, and and they're skips. Um, they're not the ones that you get normally in the field. Uh, they're called skips, where you have to do the full. They want us to go through the whole process, so you have to like use your phone and um, actually like uh, you know, cause, cause not only are we working features on the OS, we're working features on like the phone app to make it where they, you can have, you know, everybody's out of box experience is amazing and all this stuff. So we're getting the skip levels where you have to start the skip level and the medium still would come up to where it was, where I literally left off. I'm like, I don't know how they, like, I know I built the thing and I had no idea how they, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I didn't even know that's possible. Like, where is it? Like, so it, it, it's amazing. Like that feature to me is actually when it worked, it is the most slick feature I've ever used. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just really dig it. Um, but I would say, I mean, overall, I think that's one of the best features that I've used in between games. The other thing for me that this isn't going to be a sexy probably for everybody else out there, but, because as a hardware guy, I get into different things. But, uh, you know, again, I have five consoles. Three of them are this, you know, the series. I've got PS4, PS5. I've got two PC rigs in this book, two major monitors, all my Atmos system and a TV, all within eight feet of each other. The X is by far the quietest thing, and that includes my Surface Book that it is literally 18 inches from my face and I've never heard it once. And I know it's hot in here. Like the fan should be running full time. And for something to have 12 teraflops of power and be only this big and ha like, I just never hear that fan. And it's, I can't hear it. I have to put my ear above the vent and I, I'm only hearing the wind hit my ear. Yeah. I'm not hearing yeah. anything. Well, I mean, I, go ahead. no, I just remember the digital foundry guys when the whole, uh, you know, the whole teraflop talk came up and it was 12, and they're like, Well, I don't I don't think it's possible they could get full RDNA 12. It's probably, you know, uh GCN 12, and they were sitting around a fireplace and they were, you know, they, they couldn't believe it until it actually did happen. Uh, yeah. you know, so it, it is crazy how much power you got and and how quiet it is. It's just insane. Yeah, I remember when we had them come to the labs because you remember the very first, you know, the two of them came for the very first uh, spec breaks. And I remember them saying, I don't know how you can get 12 teraflops of that thing without being a rocket ship. Yeah. I remember when we took it apart and showed them how we did it, they're like, I had not thought of that. <laughs> like, like, that's brilliant. Like, when we did the split, the split PCBA with the cooling system in the middle was genius the electrical team the thermal team all my the, like those guys 
it, it was amazing what they did because I can tell you right now, I've been working electronics my whole life. Nobody's ever done thermals like that before. That's that's astounding. I mean, literally, you could put my X inside of my PC rig and still have room to spare. And that thing is, you know, I've got three cooling fans in there. And it's loud. It's, like, it's I funny when I hear people say, it's just, no, everything's just crammed in there. It, it was really lazy design. I'm like, you can't, you can't be serious. <laughs> no. I, I think he may have answered what I was kind of wanted to just pop in with real quick was, like, I just kind of want to, know his reaction because i love hearing when engineers talk about that aha moment of like when somebody was like well what if we just split the board yeah like oh, i mean i like could, could like his like I, i'm pretty sure your ears perked up when somebody probably threw that out there i at first i was like because we, we, we we've had split boards lots of times but it's because you break off the seb or the south bridge or whatever it, it's, it's nothing major it's usually like a secondary board and then when I understood what they really meant, I was like, "Oh!" When they actually, when they actually put the, um, you know, the heat sink and showed me how they're going to line it up with the memory mixed with the sock, and you're like, and you're just like, "Damn, that's a good idea." Like, I don't know how more people haven't thought of this before. Like, it, it was a really brilliant idea, um, because if nothing else. And, all, and also, don't get me wrong, the first thing they told me also was, like, well, we're also going to put it with this huge fan. And you're like, I'm not a thermal guy by trade. So I was like, I didn't really understand. I'm like, wait, your idea is to put a bigger fan in it to make it quieter? <laughs> like, that doesn't that doesn't really make sense to me. And it's like, oh, okay, the, the way the fan works and it actually moves more air. But the bigger fans are actually quieter than little tiny tinny fans that have to go faster because a bigger fan actually moves slower. So it actually makes less noise than the small ones. And so when it was... Like I was all upside down. I thought it was bringing in the air out the top and putting like I would, like it. They, I mean, it was days of meetings to figure out how the thing actually worked and how they designed it to what they really meant. And it 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 was pretty impressive. Like I guarantee you, there's people looking at that design um, that when we it's 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 almost a joke, right? When you always talk about we always talk about like that thing's gonna be as loud as a jet engine. Well, the truth is, what the guys made was basically a jet engine. <laughs> Um, like the way it flows and the way it actually uses active and passive cooling is basically what a turbine engine is. And so it's, it's really impressive what they did. Um, but I guarantee you consumer electronics, um, I get companies all the time that try to be like, Hey, we'd like to pay you to do some consulting on stuff. Thermals are, are, are going to be the, you think socks are important. Um, Thermal is, is probably one of the biggest things going forward in, in all of our industries. And so the coming up with original ways to do it, and again, that's why I applaud our team, is it, it, it was definitely out-of-the-box thinking. And now, I, I mean, we did it honestly. A lot of people don't know it, but actually the Hovis theory that we use for thermal pooling on the original Xbox One uh, was also created by us. And now other companies copy off that as well. So I, I love the fact that our company leads in something like thermals where – you know, you'd think other industries would be way ahead of us and things like that, but it, I, I'm just impressed of what we can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, David, I know, um, we don't want to eat up too much, too much of your time. Is it okay if we ask you just another couple of questions? Sure. 
All right. Um, I was just kind of curious uh, going back to the headset because right in front of me I have the um, the original Xbox Elite uh, controller, the uh, like the little uh, case that it comes in. And I was just curious if there was ever any temptation to make like a, a nice case to uh, to put in the, like a travel case to put in the. Uh, uh, the wireless headset, because again, it's a little more premium, and like you said, you were taking it on trips. I was just curious if there was any discussion about that. There is, there was. It was, it was really around price. Um, again, you know, things will always look cheap, um, even when you make, you know, like a case like the Elite comes in. You know, you, you, it feels like it'd be like okay, there's a couple dollars, but everything's always more than you think it is, and so. We thought about it, but again, it'd probably push us into that 129 category if we started messing with like travel cables and travel uh, cases and things like that. So, and again, we try to really get really good at give you what you need and do it really well versus giving you something someone might use. Like if I, if, if I have so much cog or cost of good to put into the hardware, just like the controller, I'd rather make sure everybody's using it then put a couple extra features in there, charge more for it. And then basically you're taxing everybody that buys that to have that case kind of thing versus down the road. I'd like to make another case that is a little more, I'm not saying elite, but if I made a more mm -hmm. premium version of it, like metal and then the K like, then it would probably be with that kind of stuff, but then a price tag a, a little more according, you know, like accordingly to it, that makes more sense. Okay. All right. No, I'm just curious. Like, again, I look at this as more of like a premium, uh, like you're putting a lot of uh, good stuff in there. Like you look at how comfortable it looks. Um, it's designed uh, for quality. Um, it's definitely a, a cut above, uh, you know, some of the other stuff, uh, headsets that's had that have been put out. And it's a nice again, it's a nice mid range uh, uh, headset to say the least um, and, and uh, again if you look at the chat a lot of people are looking forward to it in fact a lot of people are looking to pre-order it but it's apparently it's sold out everywhere I know I was <laughs> looking for it uh, for a while and then I'm like oh EB Games has it and then click pre-order as like a little early birthday present for myself so okay. it's definitely another one we wish we could have made more like, uh, like we're making as many as we can as fast as we can it's uh, but it's uh, I, I'm impressed how well it did. Um, I really, between me and the other person that does some of the planning with us, we've been trying to get a head up, head, like I said, get agreement on building these headsets for years because um, we knew the market was there. But again, we want to do it right versus just do it quick or just be another another headset. You know, like it's kind of like there's a reason you know people all the time want us to build keyboard and mice, and you're like. How many keyboards are out there? Like, how much more can you do for a keyboard? And, and we have kitchen, little good, cute little nugget ideas. Um, but we didn't want to put a headset out unless we thought we were giving something to the industry. And I think to your point, I think I put premium level features in it, but didn't overburden it to make it too expensive. And so therefore, things like a carrying case were the first to be bailed on. Um, mm -hmm when we were doing it because of that thing was I want to keep it a price tag. The under hundred dollar was a big thing. I mean, that, that's a, that's a big price for headsets. That's a really big price. And so, you know, again, we want to make it more affordable and, and like let everyone have those kinds of feet, like the noise canceling and those kinds of things are features. Nobody's getting it wireless at $99. Nobody. But nowadays with everybody with work from home and 
um, or more people playing per office. Like I can't tell you how many people I work with where a husband and wife are doing, whether it be gaming or working, but they're always in the same office now. And like noise cancellation is huge and you know, you shouldn't have to have, you know, a $190 headset to do that. Right. Yeah. And I, I'm a guy too, like you said, it has all these uh, features, but at a, uh, like you look at the price point and I gotta be, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm amazed at like, cause I'm not a person who likes a lot of clutter, like a lot of docks around or even some dongles too. And they're easy to like kind of lose. And it just kind of, again, it just connects to the console seamlessly from the sounds of things. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that. I remember I was really nervous when, like, you know, six months ago, I mean, like nine months ago, it worked flawlessly with my PC, but I use it wired on my console because it would constantly um, disconnect. But that has nothing to do with any of the modern stuff. It was just firmware at the time. And I was nervous. I'm like, oh, man, the last thing I want is this thing to work better on PC than on the console. But it's because, again, Bluetooth is a standard. Like, you know what you're doing. It's very easy. It's very simple. Um, shouldn't overstress that. But we certainly know what we're doing as an industry of Bluetooth. And that's why it was easier. But I couldn't tell you the last time I plugged it in directly to the console other than to charge it. But I don't like I it comes with a cable, but I use my uh, my elite cable just so it's always there. But um, it works great. It is to me. It's flawless. Like I haven't had any problems with it in the longest time. Um, and I think I'm still on proto hardware i'm not even on the good like i wish i had the better better stuff the, i have to open up my box but that's my gift box so i don't want to open it <laughs> uh, and because, honestly because we're not we don't have enough to give to people i mean like internally and so literally that is mine that that i got <laughs> that i could have gotten someone else but I, but but i mean internally i mean it's not for sale but it's a it's a proto but it's it's production quality level one Nice, nice. Well, a lot of people are going to be uh, looking forward to getting their hands on that, whether in store or at the or in the mail. Like it's uh, it's definitely a hot commodity. Um, now, Tim, I know you must have a uh, something lined up for David here. Uh, what do you got for him? Well, uh, this is from uh, Megatron. Actually, he said in the chat. He just wanted to know: um, uh, Are you missing E three? Obviously, it doesn't look like we're going to have it this year. At least. Uh, Physically, it's going to be digital again. Um, are you missing E3? And uh, uh, do you think there'll be other E3s? Do you think that um, this is the, like, is it going to be completely changed forever? Or how do you think that's going to go about? Or it's just too early? I mean, it's too early a little bit because I think, I mean, the world is weird right now, in general, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of new norms and a lot, and not a lot of old norms, right? Like a lot of things where I think people are going to have to get that. We're not going to go back to the way we were for a lot of things, but that doesn't mean there won't be new cool things. <laughs> Cause like, obviously I think one of the things that's going to happen in the future is you'll have public events and big public, I mean, you see sporting events coming back and all these kind of things. So I think they're going to happen. I think that the problem is you're, you're never going to want, no, E3 is a little different for anyone that's been to Gamescom, all right. Like in Germany where you can go 30 minutes with, without, like it takes 30 minutes to walk through parts of that hall where you're not physically like smooshing around people. Like it's like impossible to even get in the, like those kind of things I think are going to be hard. Like I think they're going to have to socially distance more, which means less tickets. Um, so when you're asking you about E3, if you remember E3 used to be industry only and then it got open to the public. And so I could see it going back to maybe a little more on the um, industry only 
one day. And not, not, I know, and I and I know they don't want to. They loved having the people. There. Like it was great. Like I liked having the people. It's one of the reasons I like Gamescom so much is because I spend more time with with um, the public than I do the press. And so I, I, I like I, I I love that show for that. But E3 was always meant to be an industry one. So it might be a little bit different. So E3, I think, will continue. It's just what does it look like in a year when we can have special or like, like, do you limit hours you're allowed there? Is it by invite only? Is it by like, you get with your ticket, you get to go from 12 to four where someone else gets a ticket to go from eight to 12. I, I, I don't know. It's going to have to continue because people are going to want to do things in person again, because a great example is the reason I love Gamescom it's one of the few shows where I basically spend the whole show with hundreds of thousands of users versus a hundred of thousands of industry people. Um, so it's just as, I, I mean, and that's because I'm a gamer not just because I work for Xbox. And so I know everyone else has the same, everyone's going to want to do something. The question is just what it will be, but I am struggling that there is an E3, but honestly, like Tim dog and a couple of other guys, you know, like people, people, I see it every E3. <laughs> I miss seeing people like, I see people like I don't even see people I work with anymore, let alone you know the the players and the fans and all that. And so yep. I, I miss that a lot. So I I guarantee people will not go years without doing something. So there, I just don't know what that something is. My guess is just more socially distanced, but it'll be public again. Um, David, if I can ask one last question. Um, there's an, there's actually a manufacturing like portion to my job personally in my professional life. And I guess I'm kind of almost asking this for myself, um, uh, but also to kind of see, uh, the struggles in someone in your position, because you're, you're a human being, you're more than just a, a gentleman who had his hands in the design of the series X and the logistics alone in designing the series X. And we all see the problems with getting out in the public right now with the situation we're in. Was there any features to the headset that you guys had to pivot on basically that didn't make it or something that you guys fought tooth and nail to make sure that it did make it that were kind of uh, hampered a little bit by what we're going through as in like in my, in my industry products that could be made in a week or two now take two months. Yeah, that wasn't really the problem. The headset, the headset we knew wasn't going to be day one. So the pressure wasn't quite the same. Um, but I'll admit the bigger problem I have if, if you're specific to the headset was just in general, in order to keep in the price envelope, obviously there were things we, like I said, I would have loved to have live flat speakers or head or ear cups. I, like I, like there's a guy that's always had like a fifties on his neck. Like I'm, I'm the dork that goes on a plane with a fifties instead of like beats like everybody else. Um, I like the lie flats. And so I would have loved to have that feature. And that was a feature we were struggling with from a mechanical perspective of just to get it right. Uh, Cause again, it worked, it just wasn't great uh, for the kind of components and the price we had to work with at that, at that value. And so it wasn't working. We made a, it was a hard decision to remove that one, but when it came to actually like ramp up and all these issues the world is having with ICs, you know, all the way back to, you know, like, Subcomponent level tech, even Sam these days is getting hard to find. Um, I mean, we're all struggling with that. You know, I, I would love us and Sony and everybody. Else, I mean, Switch. Everybody would love to get more parts right now. Like we all wish we could get more parts. Um, but from a feature perspective, there wasn't a lot at the end um, because we kind of had a different schedule for the headset. 
but I know there were some we really fought to keep, which was the opposite. There was a, a while there where there was a big push to get rid of the boom. Um, and honestly, as a gamer, that's one of those things that I feel is important. Um, I like having the boom there. Some people may not. Um, it's kind of like the people that that still refuse to play wireless instead of wired. <laughs> I just feel with the boom there that people are going to hear me and they're going to hear me really well. Uh, there was a big push to make it boomless, um, but that does require um, the speakers have to be a little bit different. Um, you got to put in some like tertiary mics and secondary mics in order to have it. So it has a more spatial and so it knows when you're talking better. Uh, but I like the boom personally. I, th I think that was a good idea. The dials, there's a point where they weren't going to be rotatable like they are. They're going to be more like clicky, like a button. Um, but the mechanical team, the ID team found a way for that to work. Um, I thought that was another brilliant, like I said, I, I, that's, I think it's amazing when you're playing. It's so much better than trying to find buttons. Um, so I, I think a lot of things we did, we did right. So if I had to go back to it again, I think it's just the lay flat was the only thing I really missed with that headset. I don't know if that answers your question 100%. I do, no, no, I just... I do fear for you. If you're in the manufacturing business right now, I'm sorry. It's not a great no, time. No, I, I actually love hearing, like, some of the stuff that, you know, like, because it, it is just as simple as picking up the phone, wanting to get a component, and you find out that that component is going to put you down production months down the road just because you want to use that component. Oh, yeah. We are... 100% there right now where, I mean, yeah, I mean, there'd be more consoles on the market. There'd be more headsets on the market. Heck, there'd be more Ford F-150s on the market if, you know, like everybody right now is struggling with the same problem where, you know, there's, and, and it's, it's a nasty little thing that made this all happen. But I can tell you as a guy whose background is in the manufacturing side heavily, it is uncharted waters. Like it is, it is scary right now. Like if I make a good example is, you know, we, we want hardware to constantly be test. Like, you know, like I, I want to build a hundred consoles so I can test a new feature or um, an alternate source to put something else in or something like that. And it's like, no, <laughs> we need to sell those hundred. Like people are dying for those consoles. Like not literally, but, but people are lining up still for the consoles. Like I can't do my day-to-day -day job because I can't even get myself prototypes. Um, so it, it, it's tough. And I know it's all over in the market right now. Everyone's struggling for this. I mean, to the point where <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know as much about logistics and I don't want to get to that's too boring for a lot of people. But, you know, when you build something in China and you have to send it to America, you either send it on a boat or a plane. Those are your choices. I now have speed boats. I've got rapid transit planes. I mean, I think I'm sending things by blimp. I, I have no idea what we're doing. Like anything that can get a part faster to the factory and a finished good faster to the store. We are doing anything you can i mean i wouldn't be surprised in like the midwest somewhere like pony express running around with a bunch of x's on it and like there it's all over the place and i'm sorry if you're a manufacturing dude i totally sympathize like it's a, it's not the best time we have products that are made out of uh uh aircraft aluminum and to look at it from there i gotta wait for somebody to basically dig the aluminum out of the ground it's got to go to the <laughs> refinery and be refined into aircraft aluminum and then it gets made into the product we need yeah, yeah, we have a lot of gifts around work or memes around work where because one of the things for silicon is even the sand's getting precious. So I literally have people sending around pictures to me of literally like their little like two year old daughter in you know Miami with a bu bucket full of sand. I'm like, can this help? And you're like, shut up. Like, no. Like, <laughs> thank you. I, 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 I appreciate it.
So I was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. But yeah, it, it, it's rough. I mean, that, that, and that's the market. Unfortunately, I think we're going to be there for a while. And I don't even know who's buying these like consoles in a sense. Like, I have like alerts set up just trying to get friends one where I get a text like as soon as like the page goes live and it's like it's already gone by the time you open up that page. I'm like, are actual people getting this or just is it just like scalpers buying them all up? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say we are better positioned than Sony. I'm not calling out Sony. There's obviously scalpers on the Xbox side, too. Um, but just the way the back system works, I, I think we're doing a good job keeping as much as possible out of um, the, the scalpers as much as possible. I would I would hate to say there's an any because heck, even if someone bought one and sold it, technically they're a scalper. But um, I think overall we've been using some really good algorithms for what I've seen from the data, and there hasn't been that rampant for us uh, compared to some of our competition uh, on the Switch and Sony side. They've struggled probably a little more than we have. If uh, I can ask real quick. Uh, if you guys don't mind, was scalpers something you guys planned for to begin with, or is this something you guys had to pivot with? Mm -mm. We knew. We knew. Because anytime we send something new, it's become more popular in the past five years. Now, it wasn't something we were thinking about like Xbox One days by any means. But I think when we started having, you know, honestly, the Elite Series 2 is what really changed a lot of things for us. And also don't remember it's different markets. Uh, the U.S. market, obviously, there's there's some tools and things in place that make it a little bit different versus if you go to like UK and Germany, um, where Sony has a little more presence in some of those. And so therefore, they're struggling because their backbone systems are different. Um, so there's, there's certain countries and certain regions, certain places that are better or worse. Um, not not inherently, but just because of the way that the systems work and the way you can order and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were we were a little more forefront, and, and I mean, so was Sony for that matter. They're better than they oh, so much better than they could have been, and and so like I think everybody's trying. The problem nowadays is you know it's like every time you build a better mar- mouse trap, they smarter mouse. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you can only put so much security on it before they can find you ways. guys are dealing with uh, people that have been professionally building bots for years for yeah. scalping that are now implementing them for consoles. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at the point where you can have people have fake bots for politicians and heck, I think there's a Washington football team owner is going to get kicked out by a bunch of bots. So, I mean, like, you make bots for anything now, but uh, you know, yeah. I mean, I, again, we, 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 we always try to make the better mousetrap, but someone's going to, someone's going to find out something more elegant. It's just how fast you can react and shut it down. And I think that's what a lot of the machine learning does is figure out like buying patterns and it can see scalability and things like that. And it can shut it down quickly. It's not perfect, but hopefully it's better. Right. Right. Great chat here tonight. Uh, we got dirt griggity here in the chat with the $5 super chat. Uh, great show fellas. Oh, thanks buddy. I'll uh, see you tomorrow on your show. I'll uh, be a guest there, by the way, guys, if you want to tune in. On the Weebly Green. Uh, yeah, very active chat. I know a lot of people are very uh, curious about uh, these wireless headsets. Again, a lot, a lot of fanfare for them, David. Um, you got a popular product on your hands there. Um, now, uh, Shockley, uh, what do you got for the man? Oh, sorry, my headset. I think my uh, mic went out for a second. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um Hopefully it's not ours. <laughs> yeah, no, hopefully not. Um, well, I guess this might be too early to talk. Are you got? Well, never mind. I won't even bring it up. <laughs> I was going to mention things you probably can't talk about. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just. Uh, I mean, I, 
think that was pretty much all of mine. I kind of rapid fired some of them, but um, I would say which what's your most uh, like anticipated uh, game that you know of this year? You don't have to Jason Ronald it and think of a game that we can't talk about. But. Yeah, I know that's, that's always my problem too. Is I know <laughs> then you're like, all right, you know, honestly, I can put it real quickly. Anything that can make me stop playing D two, I would I, I will thank you. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I just, I just need. To, my problem is I got off of it for like a year, and now I'm back on it again. Like I think, I think when I got through with medium, I haven't played. I haven't played anything big, other than D two in the past month. That, uh, that was my whole problem with why I missed like so many other games. Like this past generation was just jumping, spending all my time with Destiny. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm I, like I'm a total grind. Guy. It comes from it comes from playing too many RPGs for too many years. I just like I don't mind the grind at all. Um, I would like to see another Elder Scrolls sooner than later. Um, that's just me. <laughs> uh, Fable, I'd like to see again. Um, Bioshock, I'd like to see again. Are you talking about ones I know or ones I'd like to have happen? Oh or yeah, what, ones that I guess ones that you know of. I guess there hasn't been too much. Uh... Announced no. much has been pushed back. No, there's not a lot of big ones coming out in the short term that I'm super stoked for. There, I mean, it's fun. I don't know about you. I mean, it's not, I mean, I, not to come off as a sales pitch, but I do, I do appreciate that all my classic RPGs are coming out on Game Pass right now. Um, you know, with the Fallout's and the Dooms and the uh, Elder Scrolls and Oblivion are all on Game Pass right now, which is awesome. <laughs> so I was playing like I have my my eight year old never played. Any of those games, obviously, and so uh, he was watching me at least start a whole new saga on some of those. So I'm excited to show him, like, which is crazy because for the, and you guys probably don't even know, but like, just last week he wants me to play D and D, like for real D and D. I think that blew my mind more than anything that an eight year old wants to play D and D nowadays. But <laughs> oh, like, wow. like tabletop, like D&D? yeah, the tabletop D and D. He had his he had his mom buy him a uh, starter kit, and he comes home and he's like, "Dad, can you tell me about how D and D works?" I was like, "What?" Wow. <laughs> he's like, "Like, mine well, said you have characters." I'm like, "In the attic." And like, <laughs> well, if you want to be the really cool guy, suggest to him Warhammer. I'm a Warhammer guy, so I got to go that way. <laughs> awesome. No, no, so nothing really. And I hate to admit this too, as you you know, as I don't know who has kids and who doesn't, but. The other problem is with kids, you start playing a lot more. Like I play a lot more Lego games, uh, Minecraft Dungeons. I, I don't. I draw the line of Minecraft. I, I do play a lot of Dungeons, which is a lot more fun than I thought. But then you get these games like Piku Niku and the games they come downstairs and be like, "Hey, we found this new cool game." And you're like, "What's a Piku Niku?" <laughs> but there's there's so much good stuff out there now. Like I've gotten I've gotten back into the indies and stuff. So, mm-hmm. are you guys ever internally like suggesting like, "Hey"? You know this i really enjoyed this 360 game can you guys uh add that to your potential backwards list i think the entire if you talk to the back compat team so uh an offshoot of jason's team um i think they all like i've been in meetings where they all have their favorites the problem like i said is uh especially when you go back to the 360 days uh in order to get rights for something it's sometimes hard because some of those games this, even the studio doesn't exist, let alone contracts and that kind of stuff of rewriting your developers. Sometimes even like the studio is just closed shop and someone just owns the IP somewhere. 
And so getting some of those are made. And I, I always feel bad for them because that's not as easy. Because I know I know a lot of big titles, but that people would love to make, but um, it's tough, especially when you're talking about something that old. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got to suggest uh, some of those older, um, like, more kid-friendly RP. You know how much people are screaming for a new Banjo-Kazooie? Like, oh. Yeah. yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I know. It's anything better than having him come to the room and say, Daddy, can you get me some more Switch games? And I'm like, you realize I work for Xbox and get you anything you want. Yeah, but I want the new Mario. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot. Which Mario? We got Mario Tennis, Mario Party, Mario uh, Mario Kart 27. Like, <laughs> day my kid walks up to me and says that, I'm going to be like, oh my God, he found the Kool-Aid. That's what I mean. He comes in here and he's like, I want the new Mario Maker. I'm like, how many Mario Makers are there? Isn't the whole point of it? It's everything. Like, how much more Mario? But I mean, I, I mean, I love Mario games. I'm not even making fun of them. But I mean, mm, yeah. cut my for Mario. But anyway. Right. Um, you know what, on that note, David, um, you know, again, we don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, however, we do really appreciate the time that you've spent with us this evening. And honestly, you've been great. Uh, you've been very informative about like the new Xbox wireless headset and just going over again, the past like year or so, like the journey that Xbox has taken with the series X and S and just with some of the new accessories, um again it's been qu quite a trip and we're looking forward to uh again the next year the next couple of months for what uh gets rolled out uh again thank you for joining us um where can everybody listening in uh follow you at well i'm on twitter and i have, I have an open account i mean I, I get a gazillion dms a day but i try to at least once a week get to the people i don't know on there but just dprin at twitter just my name i don't, I don't have it closed for that matter, my gamer tags on there too. But uh, yeah, by all means, I love when people reach out. We get a lot done by talking to the public of either issues or ideas. Um, so yeah, feel free to reach out. But I, I love being on the show. It's always a great time. Yeah, thanks. We definitely got to get you on again sometime in the near future. Uh, again, you're a treasure trove of um, good vibes and just, uh, you know, again, a, a fun time all around and very informative. We appreciate it. Awesome. Appreciate the time. Appreciate, uh, you know, the show and all the guys, all the questions. Yeah. Well, we're a curious bunch, as is the chat, right? You know. <laughs> hey, Invader, you missed one important question. Yeah. We got to know what's going on in the background. <laughs> we, uh, he is just as important as any other Microsoft executive. Oh, you want to look to see if there's anything you can cheat on, you mean? <laughs> like I said, what no, clues, what clues are you leaving action us? Action figures, things shoved in a corner. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> your camera kind of froze on us, but... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, all no, by design. It's all... It's all <laughs> the only thing that's even somewhat interesting is somebody showed me the other day that they didn't see the uh, controller we made for the employees. See that one? Mm -hmm. No, unfortunately, your uh, yeah, your yeah, camera's. Yeah, David. What does it What does it look like? It's just quickly explain. Uh, it's black, white, green. Here, what if I turn it off and then turn it on? There you go off. Yep, maybe I can't. I'll uh, post. I'll post it on the web. You'll see it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I've been on too long. How many controllers you got floating around your house? I think uh, didn't uh, De Niro Primo ask that earlier, Invader? 
Oh, there you're back. You're back. Oh, my back. That's what it looks like. Oh, nice. It's got a little scarlet on the back, and it's got all the stuff on it. But it's got a lot of little, like, uh, they're all the dates for when everything, everything was launched ever since OG. So it's a Very little cool. Someone the other day called out. I'm like, no, no, no. It's public. It's allowed to be. It's just we made them just for the employees. But, oh, but product? No, I've got that entire closet is nothing but Xbox stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and if, I don't know if you saw the picture I put on Twitter the other day because I actually went to the office for the first time ever. I probably have 200 in my office, and I probably have, I don't know, I, I wouldn't even tell you how much hardware I have there. <laughs> well, it was awesome having you, man. You, you rule, and uh, until next time. Can't All right, wait. guys, I appreciate it. Yeah, great time. Thanks you, everybody. I'll talk Thank to you later. You. Yeah. All right. Bye. All right. Wow, that was uh, that was very cool. That was very cool of David to uh, join us tonight. Very cool. Um, uh, he, he's a friendly guy. I've, I, I guess I will say I've had the honor of chatting with him a few times in the DMs about questions I've had and stuff like that. And I mean, like. He's a shi- in my opinion, not to sound cheesy. He's a shining example of one of the the reasons why I prefer Xbox because the executives are actually so engaged with the community, uh, like David Preen was tonight, um, mm-hmm. and it goes all the way up to like even Larry Herb and Phil Spencer appearing on uh, shows right here on YouTube. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, guys, that was uh, no, that was fun. We definitely gotta get David on here again sometime soon, and yeah, just uh, you know, thanks guys for coming out in the chat. Uh, that'll be the end of this show. But again, um, no, some really nice tidbits of information. Uh, you know, uh, David gave us about the new headset and uh, just the design philosophy and what went into it and you know some things that they were really just kind of toying with tinkering with and the ideas um Mm -hmm. flowing through it you know it's amazing what you learn when you're able to ask these guys a couple of questions kind of um off but uh anybody know of any stores they're supposed to actually be carrying them or is it probably like all online I didn't know if anyone was that missed out on a pre-order was. <laughs> mm, I'm wanting to say it's probably going to be mostly online. I've noticed like a lot of the electronic stores, like when I walk through them, like Best Buy and them, their their shelves are regretfully relatively empty. Uh, Best Buy has even uh, announced its intentions to actually become more of like a a site pickup versus more of like a retail experience. So I I have no idea. Hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I I I got my pre-order online through EB Games in Canada. But I've also seen pre-order options at Best Buy. I think the Source as well. Again, some of these are Canadian outlets. But uh, I mean, either way, guys. I mean, it's a. I know I'm really looking forward to this. I know some people have already um, posted that theirs is on the way. I'm still waiting for a notification on mine, but it's, eh, it's not too far away. All right. All right, guys, we will uh, start closing this thing off. Uh, I think Tim Dog took a little, uh, took off a little early, but uh, thanks, Tim, for uh, joining us. You had some really great questions tonight. Uh, again, you guys can find them Tuesdays on the RDX podcast. Uh, moving on down the list here, Shockley Buddy. Hey, great show. Some uh, really, really good questions there. Uh, where can our listeners find you at? 
yeah, as always, you can find me on uh, Twitter at ShockNero. Uh, Easy Shock on Xbox Live. But yeah, good show. It's great for uh, David stopping by. So hopefully we get him back on here when he uh, when they announce that Elite Series Three. <laughs> uh, but yeah, good show tonight. And uh, but yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, well said, buddy. Uh, Centurion, my favorite Arizona buddy. Where can everybody find find you at? Uh, well, for those interested, you can always find me right here every Sunday night on the TXR podcast. You can also find me every Saturday night over on the shop podcast. They actually just celebrated their 200th episode last night. Uh, like I said earlier, I was due to a family emergency. I wasn't able to make it regretfully, um, but I heard they had a blast. Uh, but for those also interested in uh, finding my uh, YouTube page, you can find me at Centurion1307, of course, on YouTube, Twitter, and Xbox Live. And uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, I had an absolute blast, uh, Mr. Invader. I mean, it's uh, it's always an honor to be uh, part of the show, to be able to chat with uh, people like David Preen and just uh, kind of be able to share these experiences. Yeah, buddy. I mean, yeah, David's uh, quite the gentleman, and we appreciate picking his brain, right, uh, when he allows us to. Uh, very approachable guy. And uh, that's one thing you can say about the Xbox uh, management and the uh, social media and whatnot. They are very approachable, and I really appreciate that, too. Um, and, of course, guys, rounding this all out, uh, this fine list, I'm Invader, and you guys can find my content over on YouTube, at Invader Gaming. And you guys can also find my content on a number of other... Uh, media sites including Odyssey, Minds, BitChute, and so on. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. Um, again, we had a lot of cool people join us tonight. Jesse Darby, Justin, Deck. Oh, Mike from Original uh, Next Level Gaming. Uh, Rain, Back from the Dead, Pixel Slappa, uh, Dinero Primero, Pong Soul, buddy. Hey, nice to see you. I have six slayer and so on a lot a lot of cool people post up thanks buddy uh for uh, dropping by inferno dirt griggity again buddy i'll see you uh tomorrow on your show until next time guys again it was great seeing you all here tonight and we cannot wait to see you all here next sunday if you enjoyed tonight's show then nate consider dropping a like and share this out to uh, let everybody know have a good one folks see ya